0: Well, today I want to talk to you about having a long-term generational mindset. A long-term generational mindset. And they are two words, not only this week, but next week as we dive into the series. It's called Think Three. Can you say that with me? Think three. Think three. And I want you to know the families that leave the greatest influence are families that think long-term. They are families that think long-term term families that see beyond their lifetime and equip and empower future generations to go beyond where they have gone great families and great nations they see their children as their most valuable resource and their greatest hope for the future to invest in future generations is the greatest investment that we can make can i hear an amen The greatest, the greatest, the greatest investment as we pour in to those future generations. So this principle is true for families. It's so true for God's church. Today, I want to focus on this aspect of Think 3 because Scripture teaches us that God's plan for his church is that it would get stronger in every generation. How many of you know that? That God wants his church to grow stronger in each and every generation ahead. That's so important. So we have to know that, and with that understanding, that the light would shine brighter, and we as the salt of the earth would influence in greater measure than ever before, that we would, like we did today, we would dedicate children to the Lord and that we would baptize uh, disciples and teach and make disciples and spread the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ all throughout the world. And here, here is so important that you would understand that, is that God's plan is that the church is plan A and there is no plan B. How many of you heard me? God's plan is that the church is plan A and there is no plan B. But there are many people giving their life to a plan B when God says, my heart and my hope is in plan A, and that is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why God sent his son, amen? And that we would live that out every single day. So listen, if every generation has to start over, then then we're not gonna be able to create traction from one generation to another. But if every generation of God thinks generationally, then you start to get traction and you continue to build momentum one generation after another. And every generation then leaves a legacy and empowers the positional futures of those that are in front of us to go further, to do more than what we have done to reach the message, uh, reach the world with the message of the gospel. I am thankful for the generations that were before me who made it possible for me as a child to grow up to who I am today. How about you? Amen? I am very thankful for those that have given their lives and continue to give their lives. Uh, such as, you know, there, there's a program in church once. It was called Sunday School. How many of you heard of Sunday School? How many of you involved, were involved in Sunday School? Yes, there's a lot of hands that you grew up in the church. The terminology has somewhat changed in some churches, but still it's discipleship, it's, it's growth, it's, it's, it's a growing mindset. And I am so thankful for a woman of God named Esther Wilson, who was my teacher when I was 9, 10, and 11, and growing up in, in church. And it was the church my dad pastored in the Midwest, and I'm so thankful for Esther Wilson, who came every week, and, and I kid you not, she came every week excited to tell us about Jesus. Every week, she was oh overjoyed to pour Jesus into every student in that classroom. And she was so excited that she poured into us week after week, year after year. That she loved the Lord so much that she had a legacy mindset. That she understood what it means to say, I'm gonna multiply my effectiveness and the way that I do that is I minister and I pour into these kids. And I was telling the first service today, you know, so I was, I was growing up in youth and uh, the day before, it was on a Saturday that, that um, we went to an amusement park the whole day, the youth ministry did. Went, oh, had fun, you know, come back and barely wake up in the morning. My mom and dad said, it's time to go to church. We get out of church, we go to bed. And I sit down in Sunday school class and Esther Wilson's teaching with enthusiasm and I fell asleep. I mean, you know, and these were the days when it was the hard metal chairs. You know what I'm talking about? And by the way, You are blessed you're not sitting in a hard metal chair today, amen? Maybe we should do that. It may get more people up and moving, right? But I fell asleep, and she said, oh, John, you, you're you so tired. And I kind of woke up, and she said, you need to come up here. And right in front of the whole class, she, you're so tired, honey. Come up here. And she provided a little bed for me and said, here, just sleep right here. And Sunday, this happened. I'm telling you. And Dad, if you're listening, he was a senior pastor at the time. I'm sorry you're hearing this for the first time, but it did happen, okay? So not so sure it's a great idea, but uh, but she had this nurturing, loving spirit about her that she wanted to pour in and replicate what Jesus did in her life. I'm thankful for her. I I am so thankful for her that the people and the friends that I made throughout the years, my own age, and, and just people that were older than me that took me under their wing, they validated me. They spoke into my life truth. They loved God and they loved me. I am thankful for people like that. I'm thankful. They helped me grow into the man of God all because of a local church community. You know, I think how my generation has moved church forward, and I'm not saying it's done all right, but I think how my son and daughters are in a better position to live for Jesus than I was at their age. And, and I, I just want to say something today. This church is very blessed. I'm going to say it again. This church is very blessed. Blessed. This church is very blessed. And sometimes we lose sight of that. We lose sight that we have great kids ministry leaders here. We lose sight that we have great youth ministry leaders here. We lose sight that we have great worship leaders here. We have, we have great media leaders here. We have people in men's leadership and women's leadership. I mean, I'm going to tell you something. I think we should give a great big thank you to Jesus for their life. Amen. Come on. Amen. I think we should. Because they've given to us. And I mean that. Because the church doesn't operate on this format anymore. Everything rises and falls on the senior pastor. That used to be. That's an old way of thinking. But you can't grow a church of multiplication when you have that mindset. That mindset doesn't work. That mindset doesn't work that everything has to rise and fall, senior pastors or senior leaders in the house. It has to be replicated with a legacy mindset into the body of Christ. It has to for us to continue to go and grow. But I'm thankful how God continues to use this church in phenomenal ways. And I'm thankful for the leaders. I'm thankful for the servant's heart. You know, many times when we think about it, where we are in our lives, we sometimes just get stuck in it's just my age group. That we just think, hey, it's just about my age group and all of that, and I get that. But I want to cause you to, in the next couple of weeks, think three generations deep in your life. Not just your generation, not just your children's generation, but your children's children's generation. To be legacy-minded is to think at least three generations into the future, at least three. And this is so biblically grounded, Exodus 3, verse 15. The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. How many? How many? How God set up his spiritual dynamic, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, right? Acts 2.17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. How many of you are thankful for that today? Amen. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams, dream in dreams. Wow, this is amazing. It's in the word of the Lord. First John 2.13, I'm writing to you fathers. I'm writing to you young men. I'm writing to you children. Proverbs 13.22, a good man. Can somebody shout a good man? A good woman. Can you shout a good woman? Leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Let me tell you something. This is more than money, sir, ma'am. Money fades away. Money will burn one day. But what is the inheritance that you are giving your children and your children's children today? Come on, what you and I see and are holding on to today, the Bible says, will rust one day, will be burned up, and will be consumed. What are you giving the generations ahead? There's an inheritance that is coming. He's talking about the Lord there. To think three is to be amused by other generations rather than arrogant towards them. Amen? Come on, you can't be arrogant towards another generation and think that you're going to think three. Amuse means to enjoy, to laugh, to delight, to entertain. So if I'm amused by the differences in other generations, that means I'm enjoying the differences that we have between us. When I say this, this is not the tendency for most people in our society. It's not to be amused but to be arrogant and to be prideful. Most people in society think my generation is the best generation. I mean, come on, I've said that same thing, how about you? Come on, yeah, my, my generation is the best generation. Whatever generation that is, they think that, that they're the best. So then you many times just thinking, wow, this generation that's coming up, they've all gone to hell in a handbasket. You know, you ever heard that term, you know? I mean, my generation hit the all-time high and generationally it all went well, you know, downhill after that. Listen, for the 16-year-old, they don't want to be many times with the little kids, but they don't realize at 16 years of age to the 25-year-old, they are the little kids. For the 60-year-old, they're making plans to buy a Winnebago, put a bumper sticker on it that says, I'm spending my children's inheritance and go far, far away. don't like the younger people's music, don't like their fashion styles. When they were young, they threw away jeans with holes in them. Now these young people want to buy jeans with holes in them, right? How huh, do you know? Okay. I've got some in mind too, okay? You know, actually, if you look at it, a pair of jeans that have holes in them, they're more expensive than those, you know, you know, you got it, yeah. You know how many of the older generations say, "You know what? If you wanted holes in your jeans, I could have put some holes in your jeans," right? So there's differences between us. But if you're going to think three, it's to be entertained and have joy, to laugh, and to not be arrogant. Years back, I was taking some classes in Texas uh, for, my, for just my classes and learning and growing together, and I'm in there with all these other pastors, and they're all Texans. I'm the only one, you know, outside of it. All the rest of them from Texas, and so I'm in there, and I love, these guys were great. I grew to love them and get to know them, but, you know, I, you know, I wear shoes sometimes without shoestrings. You know, I do that, and they're comfortable to me. I'm, I'm fine with it, but... Um, but that day at the end of the class, my professor, you know, he's uh, in his mid 60s at the time, he said, and by the way, he looked around, looked at my shoes. He says, we're going to take up an offering for John Miller because he can't afford shoelaces. So I said, listen, y'all are Texans. All you guys wear is boots down here. You come on, you know, and I had to rib them back. But hey, I will take the free offering, and if you guys gave me a $1 bill. We, and that was all fun, and, and uh, we had a good laugh from it. But we, but we got to love the differences between us. we got to appreciate the differences that are going on in our generations, that, that, that we really believe the best in these younger generations. And, and I, what I want you to know is I think God wants us to be generational bridge builders. What I believe is a lot of families and communities are suffering today because of generational bias. They they have they have no example of how the generation that they are in can bridge the gap over they've just taken notes from their father and their father from their father's father and on and on and on and on and on so the arrogance kicks in and pride comes in and, and what they've learned when others outside of their age group comes in and they think, "Oh man, this is just annoying this is annoying behavior and I, and you know and I'm not, I'm not saying anything there you know there's bad behavior out there. I get that but you know I, I just want you to understand that I see the church as a place we were called to demonstrate how to bridge the gap from one generation to another. That we're just not called to reach our own age demographic. We are called to bridge the gap into other generations that need the Lord Jesus Christ. See, so I've got found a little video this week and this is something that some of you grandmas or grandpas may want to try in the house. So this is grandma. They call her G-Money and we're gonna watch this short G-money video and give you some down. ideas.
1: So here we go. It's like this. Okay, step one, do your own thing. I like to do the brush my shoulders off. Okay, now step number two is really simple. Go ahead and put your hand on your hip like this. Step number three, give a little slouch. Loosen up the knees. Step number four is I like to call it the praise hymn. Put your arms up and praise him. Step number five is let it rock. Step number six. All right, everybody stand up on your feet. Everybody up. You back there and you back there. Let's do this together now. As soon as the beat drops, Let it rock, (laughs) DJ man hands, drop that beat.
0: Come on, some of you, you know how to drop the beat. Some of you are looking at that, man, I am way out of my league. No, you're not. You're still alive and kicking. You still have breath in your lungs. You've just have filtered yourself out of the generational gap. When God has called us to build bridges in the generations, to think three is to serve down. A lot of people just want to be people their same age, the same line of thinking, but we're called to have it a generational mindset think of being with people outside of your age group. And this principle is for everyone. You could be a grandma or a grandpa, and this works for you to pass down that you learn and what you've learned to the younger generation. If you're in your 20s today, and you mean prime time of your life, and uh, that that you need to know today that you are in a prime age to be able to lead those that are younger than you and speak into their life, man, so many of these kids... Look up to you. They think, man, you've hung the moon. They, they think you're incredible. Man, they look up to you, and man, they appreciate you. This will change your life. That you're asking, how I can influence someone in positive ways that are younger than me? And I don't think we should succumb to the awkward goofiness that's in society and the proud arrogance that is out there, I think that we should show a higher level of thinking. And when we do that, God rewards us. We become the influencers, and we become the light, and we become the salt that Jesus has called us to live. So what we do many times as a church is, and I first of all want you to understand this, is we have women that come and flock and go into our kids' ministry and do an amazing job. God's given them a nurturing spirit for a reason. And I appreciate that so very much. But also, men, you got to understand that there are little boys in the room that are looking up and they're looking for men. Men of God. And they're looking for direction. They're looking for direction and they're looking for stable ground in a sinking world. Dads, you are high ground. You are high ground, and you have a high calling. Don't let them sink. I'm thankful for the men and women that serve in our kids and our students and our, our various ministries. God's going to put it into your heart right now. Some of you are not going to be able to leave this room because the hook is so deep inside of you. You're going to have to respond. Let's not complain that our kids are going to hell in a handbasket when we have a chance to impact their lives when they are young. Let's stop complaining about the next generation when God's called us to invest in them. Come on. Right? Listen, and here's why I'm going to tell you this, and you know this. You know this. The abuser and the dealers are waiting for our kids to get out of school. And they're looking to put the hook inside of them because they know if I can impact them when they're young, i got them. Is this truth? They are waiting. This is a battle. That means the church has to be on the front end of this to help in this world that we are in. You may say, well, man, I just woke up this morning, whether you're 14, 23, 36, 60-year-old, and, and what I'm doing is I'm asking you to get out of your age demographic. Listen, your life will not go well if only you think about you. Your life will be so much richer because you're going to expand your potential in your career, better family, better life. Honor the older. Have some older ones mentoring you. And listen, it's a great opportunity for a segue here to say, hey, young people in the house, let's honor those that are older because they have a lot of wisdom and they've been through a lot. Let's not be arrogant. Let's say, hey, they've they got something to teach me and I'm gonna ask them a question. And How did you go about this? And how did you make it through this tough part in your life? And what did you do in leadership? And, you know, let's not be arrogant back because they have a lot to offer us. Man, think about the one that you could give a hand up to. Think about the one that you could cheer on, that you could say, man, awesome job, high five. Think about the one that you can say, whoa, my goodness, you did phenomenal out there. Wow, think about that one. Think three. 85% of all people that come to Christ are under 30 years of age. Another reason, think the importance of three. To think three is to stay young at heart. To think three is to stay young at heart. We all know aging happens, but oldness doesn't have to happen. Are you with me? Can I get an amen this morning? Young is not an age, it's an attitude. Young is not an age, it's an attitude. We need to get that in our spirit. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, I'm going to prove this to you, 2 Corinthians 4.16. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yeah, our bodies are aging, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day by day by day. Oh, yeah, we're wasting away. You know, you can Botox all you want, (laughs) liposuction what you wish, but you're still wasting away. But he says how you get renewed is day by day, yet inwardly day by day through Jesus. That's God's plan. Psalm 103, one through five. Praise the Lord, O my soul. O my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all of your sins, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit? crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Wow. Listen, without God, you are getting old. With God, you're being renewed day by day by day. Amen? Psalm 92, 12 through 14. The righteous will flourish. It's not maybe. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They they will still bear fruit in old age. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh, 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 fresh. Come on, fresh, 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 fresh and green. That's where they will stay. That's where they will stay. That's the promise of the word. So God's plan is that we stay fresh. And we say young at heart. There, there are some here that are 20 years of age and they're old at heart. Well, well, I mean, how can you say that, John? Well, a few years ago, you had wonder. You had imagination. You, you, you looked at a, at a puddle, and, and after it rained, you're like, I'm going to see if I can jump that. Right? And now you come up to the puddle and go, oh, my goodness right? The wonder, the imagination is, is gone from people's life. Uh, I'm going to see if I can ride this bike without my hands, right? I mean, wonder, imagination, amazement. I mean, hey, see where it takes you. Try it once, okay? But then there's, you know, you see this in, in some people. My heart is this, that you would rise above the circumstances that come to pull you down and that you would get wiser with experience without allowing yourself to be jaded by the world around you. We have young somethings, professionals, 25-year-olds that know everything about technology, yet they are prideful and arrogant. I go up to them and I say, hey, how you doing? They can hardly look me in the eye. They're getting old Young. They want me to, man, come on, John. Come on, Pastor. I mean, you got to be hip on technology. I got a smartphone. It's not that smart. <laughs> but people have already shut down. Am I telling the truth this morning? I'm trying to speak. This is out of love and encouragement. But we got to shift our thinking. We, we got to shift our thinking that this church will look like this 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now. Come on, it's future generations that are coming behind us. That's what God's called us to live. There are people who don't hear the right things or something gets misconstrued and and, and are upset so they shut down. Oldness can happen to you no matter what your age is so that we stay from being adventurous where we used to be and stay from having a heart of wonder and getting excited. And, and you know, it's amazing to me. Listen, if you're here today and you say, man, you know what? I, I've done all of that, you know, so all I'm looking forward to this afternoon is putting my head in a newspaper or tomorrow morning. That's fine. Read your newspaper. But listen, Joshua said this at 80 years of age, give me that mountain. Give me that mountain at 80 years of age, 80 years of age. Man of God, give me the mountain. He was still adventurous. He still had wonder. He still had imagination. He still was going forward with a plan of God. He was multiplying his effectiveness and his leadership. Stay young at heart. Stay forever young. You can do more than you think you can do and last longer. I heard Craig Rochelle tell this story, great pastor, great author in Oklahoma, Worldwide impact. Many of you are familiar with his ministry. I heard him tell this story. He was in a swimming pool with a friend of his, a guy friend. And they're in there and the guy said, hey, Craig, um, I dare you that you would uh, hold your breath for for two minutes under the water. And he's like a normal man. Bring it on, right? That's how men are. Men are that way. Women really, I mean, I know that's in a lot of you as well, but men it's just like you just threw it down to me and I'm going to take this on. So he went into the water, and at the first minute, he's watching. He's got a watch on his hand. He's watching. He's got 60 minutes. He thought, my goodness, this is terrible. At 90 seconds, he's like, I'm going to explode. But then he made it for two minutes, and he came back out of water, Woo! His friend said, awesome. Now, I'm going to challenge you. You do this four minutes under the water. That's what his friend said. So, Craig said, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm gonna do this, man. And you threw it down to me. I'm going under this water for four minutes. He said it was excruciating four minutes and I'm hurrying the story through. Four minutes, he came out of the water. Woo, I did it. Then the guy said, listen, I challenge you to six minutes under the water. He did it. Six minutes. The generational challenge is to be able to sustain youth much further and much longer than the average person. That you can stay young at heart And then a lot of the other stuff will take care of itself. Start thinking differently. Let God talk to you today. Maybe it's repenting of arrogance and pride and negative dialogue that may be going on inside of you. Let's let God do a new thing in our hearts and our lives. Legacy is thinking beyond ourselves. So we all live in the same world and I'm aghast many times and taken back by the lack of honor in our culture. How about you? I think, man, my goodness. Wow, what is going on? I look to other cultures throughout the world that really they have an amazing culture of honor. Like, you know, the Asian culture. That's been bred inside of them and there is an amazing amount of honor that comes through them. To family members, doesn't matter their age. Older and younger, there's an honor. There's a structure there of honor. It's been built in. and, 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 And listen, God has called us to live in a culture of honor here. God has called us as we leave this place today that we would have a culture of honor. That you know what? I am called as a pastor in this church to honor those that are above me. And there are people above me that are called to hold me accountable. I'm called to honor them just like you, that you're called to honor those that are above you and those that are around you and those that are coming behind you and that we honor up, we honor down, we honor all the way around. We honor, we honor, we honor each other, we honor. I'm just not sure so many people are praying for a move of God's spirit and I'm really concerned because we don't even honor each other many times and we're asking God for a move of his presence. My God, help us. We gotta honor the things in the natural before God will give us things in the supernatural. Today, that's why we're pouring into leaders. Lead now. That's our heart. This is just another program we're throwing on. No, this is our this is our one of our values. It's a value word. Lead now and in just a few moments when we dismiss we're going to ask people give them instructions to head over to the gym and go over there we we have a meal plan for you we have uh, your kids are with you you know this that we're going to provide a meal for them today but our whole goal is to multiply people's effectiveness in this church because we realize we realize this that that we have to replicate and multiply the leadership dynamic because the world is at a loss for solid, righteous, godly leaders, and so is the church. So if you think all of this happens and all what happens in this campus because of a few pastors on staff, oh, I'm going to tell you something. There are a lot of people doing a lot of ministry here to make this thing work. This is just visible. This is what you see. There are behind-the-scenes people that are serving the heart and the vision of this house. So today, I'm just going to be just gut-level honest with you. Number one, this church is changing in a good way and reproducing who we are. We are called to multiply our effectiveness, not just right here in Stephen City, but surrounding areas, and then in the nations of the earth that you know you saw the Nicholsons here dedicate their baby before the Lord you heard them a couple weeks ago as they prepare for Lithuania I mean church our our multiplication is happening right now and I'm thankful to the Lord and we got leaders that are multiplying and and what I'm asking you is I need I need I need for you if if you're just coming and sitting in this church if you're just coming hear my heart in my heart. You take this how you want. I'm just going to stay in love. If you're coming and just sitting in this church week after week. No, hear me. Don't, don't, don't check me out. Please. Please hear me. If you're coming to this church every week and you've come for year after year and you are not in your position where God has called you to be. Listen. God has commanded you, sir and ma'am. It's not John Miller. God has commanded you to step into your dynamic and this walking your gifting and your calling i'm not here to give some emotional plea i'm just telling you this is the lord's word over us In the months ahead, as we go through into 2019, I'm going to challenge this body that that we are going to add another room onto the house, and we are going to start a, another church. You've heard us talk about this. I just want to be clear and plain about this that you know we're we're looking into locations, we're praying into that where that is going to be, and we're hoping to know very soon so that we can talk to you about it today in our lead. Now that those leaders that are in there are going to hear some insights on how we're going to lead the church and things that that are going on there. I, yes, I will share it to the body, but I feel. Feel like there's just leaders that are just invested, that are just like, man, we're ready to go and we want to do this, and we're God, whatever you want us to do. And that God has called us to have uh, multiple streams, life-giving streams, as we go out to the nations of the earth. That that this is a New Testament dynamic, and and quite frankly, I know that it's comfortable to sit in our small groups sometimes, and I know it's comfortable to sit in our groups and think, wow, I just know everybody here, and they know me. But that is not the New Testament dynamic that we are called to reproduce and multiply great, have your friends, but let's turn outward and see a world that is so lost and dying just gives another opportunity for people to come to the hope of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what this is about. That, That is the core of what this is. It's just us as a church saying, we want to be obedient, God, to your word and your will because our days are numbered. They're numbered. So, I have 25 open spots for people that blew by deadlines. You know who you are? For our lead now. Just come. Just come. If we gotta cut our sandwiches in half for you, we'll cut our sandwiches in half. I just want you on the journey. Okay? I just I just love you and I want to tell you. But listen, the number one thing you can do right now is pray that God would lead us in this church plant, in this multi-site. That, that God would lead us and that we would make the right choices that we want to hear from God. That That's what I need, really, on the forefront. Then I'm gonna come down the road and I'm gonna ask you to invest in with your life and step into the dynamic. Come on, that your wonder and your imagination would start working again. And that, and that I'm gonna ask this church to be able to give financially in ways that you have not given before. We're gonna ask you for this. I'm just kind of putting it out there that you would just prepare your heart and your mind and that this church would pray into that with me and prepare your heart for what God has. What he has for all of us is just gonna be amazing because that's the type of God we serve. Let's just keep giving for the future. Let, let's keep praying. Let's pe- keep believing for our children, our youth's future. And dad, just don't come and occupy a spot in the church, but that you would come as example to your sons and daughters. That, and that image would just stay. Let me, let me tell you something. I don't remember a lot of the words my mom and dad spoke, but I sure remember what I saw them do. I watched them go to church. I watched them enter into the house of God. I saw them worshiping the Lord when things sometimes weren't going that well. I do remember my mom praying in her bedroom at night. And I can tell you, I can still recall her praying. I can take you to the very bedroom in Davenport, Iowa. where my mom was on her knees in her bedroom. Come on, where are the people that are going to leave the legacy? Where are the people? Where are the people that are not just going to check this off today? Check off. I went to church. Come on, church, it's more than that. It's multiplying. Come on, that's the heart. I'm not looking at anybody else. I'm looking at you today. Multiply. Lead your families to the house of God. We want a church that's relevant to the next generation. Not everybody believes that. I get it. So many churches are stuck. So many churches have a generational bias. We don't want to miss the big picture. Today, before we leave, I want to I want to pray favor on you today but also I want to pray for those that are here right now that you've never accepted Jesus to come into your family so without accepting Christ into your family you can't multiply his effectiveness in your family you can't you got to have it you got to have it to reproduce it you got to have it Father I just pray right now you're speaking to our hearts this morning. Father, we ask for forgiveness for any wrong mindset, pride, arrogance, Lord, that would come in. That would keep us from multiplying you, Jesus, to a generation that needs you, Lord. That anything that's keeping us from a long-term generational mindset that we ask for forgiveness of right now. Father God, I pray that. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed this morning, I want to ask you, sir or ma'am, have you brought Jesus into the dynamic of your life today so that you can bring him in and multiply him to your home? That this moment, I'm asking you, will you accept Christ into your life? Will you accept him as your Lord and Savior? Will you come before him today and say, Jesus, I need you. Please cleanse me of my sin and my wrongdoing and my unrighteous ways. If you're here today and you're saying, I need Jesus in me so that I can reproduce him, to my family, into a lost world. Can I see your hands across this place? Come on, raise them up. One, two. Thank you. Three. Who else? Four. See that. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for working on our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your presence that draws us closer to you. That Jesus, you're the one that changes lives. I pray right now for every person that raised their hand that God they're inviting you into their life they're receiving you as Lord and Savior and you are cleansing them in the name of Jesus Father I thank you for that in Jesus name and that Lord I pray your favor upon every generation in this house today that Lord we would come away from our biases and reach this world that is lost without you God I pray this in Jesus name and everyone said